0: This is The Audio Podcast with Samuel Freeman and Scott Hewitt. It's Wednesday, the 17th of August, and you know what time that makes it? Audio Podcast time! (gasps) And I'm
1: Sam Freeman, that was Scott Hewitt, and we also have... Adam Yanch. Hey! Hello, Adam.
2: Who... Appeared in the the car edition when we were driving home from that gig. That was your first appearance on the show, I believe. Indeed, that was. I am now sitting very comfortably in a studio with the lovely Scott, with the lovely Sam, and with a very lovely microphone. It is
1: a very lovely microphone. It's incredibly shiny. It's fresh out of the box.
0: The uh, C12VR AKG. The AKG,
1: yeah. yeah. So, tube thing in there. I'd Um, like to
0: jump in straight away and say that this is an expensive microphone being used for completely the wrong job.
1: Oh, yeah. Exactly. I, mean, this is I just want to make that clear to everybody. Targeting right the up. MP3 here and everything. Yeah. Yep.
0: It, it does look nice. It's green, has a golden end to it. I'd like to invite you to contribute something more valuable than that observation.
1: Um, well, it's being an expensive microphone, it plugs into its own little box, which has a dial, which goes from Omni to. Eight, eight, and yeah. it's currently parked in the middle on it's, cardioid. It's notched,
2: so mm. you, it's not infinitely adjustable between the two extremes. But in the middle is uh, cardioid, which is the sensible setting for this. Uh, it comes in a in a little box with a crazy strap.
0: It's
1: quite a large box.
0: Um, and it's, it's a very uh, good box. I guess you put the, the the kind of preamp control box. Yeah. Thing. It's not really a preamp, but yeah, little power unit. Yeah, things. it's the transformer, the, the transformer, it's
2: the, it's the absolutely. Yeah, and uh, it was very hard to put into the shock mount, it okay. feels like it should stay there forever, basically.
0: I personally like the way the transformer has this a uh, warning sticker on it, which, which which warns you about a certain scenario not to do, which is kind of sensible, but it is a nice actually. I'm gonna have to look at it again.
1: What was it? It's Oh, it's something to do with the voltage, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah but it's the way it's a kind of like neon. Red orange with white on it, which means that you can only read it if you're willing to induce a headache. Yeah, which is nice. I like that. I think that's great. So that was the AKG C12 VR. You, you know, I'd like to say that you'll get a feel for what it sounds like, but obviously, at the end of the show, we're going to like gate it, compress it, normalize it, and then crush it into an MP3. But it's going
2: to be the most velvety recording you will ever hear on the audio podcast, and not just because of my lovely voice.
1: Right, so the audio podcast, this is episode 24, and we've called it Season 1 Ends, um, because, because Season 1 Ends? Yeah, we're going to have a couple of weeks off, and we'll be back in September, we're going to change the day to Monday, so we'll be back on
0: Monday the 5th September. So tell all your friends. But don't, don't, don't stop listening now, because there is a show coming up. Well, let's get on with it then. Alright then, let's go for it. News, and we have a new um, sound library. Which, Ed, keep, keeping up the spirit of uh, comedy sound libraries, which are potentially useful. And the comedy being Summer in England. And this is North Country Rain HD. Nice. Sounds of rain. So 20 hours of raw rain recordings. Uh, can I just ask, Sam, did you say uh, in England? Oh,
1: I don't think these... Rec- I th- I, yeah, okay. The, the, the comedy is that it's England and we're talking about rain in summer or something like that. Um, but this, these are not English rain recordings, no. That's
0: true. Uh, Do you think that's an important part of the recording? The locality of it does rain in different parts of the country, different parts of the world. World, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Does it sound different?
2: different? I don't know. Well, we could find out by taking exactly the same kit that these guys used and going out there. Uh, it's a reasonably nice day today, though, so I don't think that's we should get on
1: Kickstarter. We should see if anyone. We should see if people will pay for us to go around the world recording the sound of the rain to see if it's different
0: in different places. I have my suspicions. There will only be subtle differences, and more likely going to be man-made environmental issues.
1: And also, it seems kind of unusual to kind of aim a world round trip looking for the rainiest parts. I think people usually do such trips with op- with alternative
0: motives, With more sunny venues That's, in place, maybe. Yeah.
2: But we can talk about the, the locality of rain because on the website, it does actually specifically say it's North Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that makes it seem like they think it's important that it's there. Whereas, yeah, I mean, I don't know.
0: It's kind of cool. I, I do like the... There's some fairly ingenious waterproofing of microphones or partial waterproofing of microphones. There's some pictures which are kind of cool.
1: spotted One of the titles here is um, Rain, Exterior, Water Dripping onto Wood or Concrete, Heavy Splats. D- cool. Could they not remember which it was? or
0: Maybe it was both. Maybe it was both. Maybe both are happening. Although against. they should have
2: said and then. Mm, it's wood anyway. or concrete. It, it
0: would be fantastic if the weather forecast came in this way. There'd be a medium rainfall and vegetation. Plants with thunder. <laughs> <laughs> it's the shipping
1: forecast. Huh? Okay.
0: Sleet and heavy rain with thunderclap. That'd be eight, like an exact time points. So uh, I'm just talking rubbish. I, I'd like to apologize. <laughs> we move on well shall we the, yes the, obviously you can get the link the link's up on wiki.the audio podcast wiki.theaudiopodcast okay. um, there's a video about how to make it yep th- uh, how they made it so that's kind of cool yep I just want to before
1: Adam loads the next video it's a YouTube video so please please make sure your um, little computer is muted there Oh, yeah, otherwise it plays it otherwise is, it, it, it's good. muted but also
2: here? I won't open it up okay I'm gonna let you guys talk about this one
1: so th- this one is called The Making of Studio Drummer
2: yeah uh, Native Instruments
0: yeah.
1: I haven't watched the whole video. I've watched the first it's pretty forty seconds or so and I was sold. i I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm gonna watch it after the show after we've recorded. Um Udo Mashoff mash He's he's really enthusiastic and has got just in the first twenty seconds there's some great lines. So
0: Yeah, um he, he just yeah. Yeah, there's some great quotes there. They talk about some of the uh some of the methodology and what they were hoping to achieve in making studio drama. Um talks about some of the sources they're trying to get out. It's essentially obviously a sales. Sales device, isn't it, really? But well. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. He's okay. having a great time. Saying like, when I see him talking there, he's having a great time. That's that's my main observation of the matter. Um, and
1: yep, yeah, some good observation about drumming. Okay. So this is native instruments who posted this for the studio drum. Yep. And I'm gonna lead into the next story by saying we tried to get the native equivalent the native instruments equivalent to the Lion compatibility thing, which we've been now moving to and the updates of software and stuff, but I I gave up really easily because I went to come recording the show, and
0: you had to you had to like
1: it, have it, a login into a page. It seemed yeah, it, it appeared to be asking me to log in, so I um I, I bailed. So that's my fail.
0: Okay, so I'm I'm going I'm to pick up the reins here. That's a good call. So first of all, there, there's a non spectacular part of the story, a spectacular part of the story in my opinion. And then there's a little footnote that I'm going to throw at the end and then move along. And if you're a long-time listener to the show, you'll understand why that's there, and you'll understand why we're not going to talk anymore about it. Okay. About the little footnote. So first of all, Motu have, um, MOTU have released a, a new universal installer for OS X and for Windows. So basically, any hardware that you, any hardware you have, you can just run this installer, and it does it, does it all, and it works. And one of the great features I always find about it is they all have a lot of common shared drivers anyway. So if you've got a Motu Firewire driver, as long as it's newer than the piece of hardware you're plugging in, it will work. Yeah, generally works which is pretty cool and uh, 10 point they've consolidated it again so now we've got the one drive which is cool also available for windows what i so that's not really spectacular i think we just agreed that's you know they're supporting an OS system. what i thought was more spectacular is how far the support for the hardware is actually going here so in actual fact they have brought out um, brought out a, a, what they're calling an economical upgrade path for the pci cards which means that if you want to, you can still run the oh, the really old hardware stuff. So the one two nine six two four oh eight two four i's 308s, and all, all that, all the old kind of PCI supported stuff. Which I think is pretty spectacular that they're still, that they're still supporting that age of hardware, on on current platforms. And I, you know, for me, that was the most interesting part of the story because I wasn't mm-hmm. going to include this at all, and then I was like, hey, wait a minute, that's like a, that's nuts that you would put a, you know. 1224 in, into this kind of system. I think the great
2: thing about that is, uh, I know my dad used to have the 2408, the very first one. That's That must be easily over 10 years old now. And um, back then, of course, it was all running on Mac OS 9, if we we're talking on the Mac side. And oh, on Windows, it must... I mean, is there a limitation on Windows operating systems? That would probably be the big problem with uh, the Windows side of things. All the things, yeah. But you
0: forget that XP is 10 years old, so... XP is at least ten years, 10 years old. of XP support. So XP mm-hmm. and the
2: twenty four hundred eight Mark One are probably about the same age, but that, that it's gone back that far, but also that Moto have taken it from that point to where we are now, I think is pretty fantastic.
0: Well, it's incredible, isn't it? It's a, a complete OS rewrite for Mac support, a complete architecture change, as well. And mm-hmm. it's that's, that's a pretty incredible commitment because they must have been literally they must have rewritten these drivers twice now to. Moved them along. And I think that's incredible stuff. I, To be honest, my first uh, Motu hardware was an 828. I've got an 82 Mark II. And people know this kind Goodness. of stuff. I've just, re- something I was going to bring up, actually. I didn't okay. get into the show because I forgot about it until now. But
1: when you had old machines, like tape machines and even ADAP machines, which are still on cassette tapes, um, you had to service your machines to keep them in working audio. You had all those moving parts and everything. Now, if you've got a 10-year-old sound card, does it need servicing? Do you ever need to
2: service digital equipment? Is you might need that... to service the dials, those kinds of parts, and maybe the preamps might need a, a tune up now and then, I suppose. Scott would probably know a lot more about I, that,
0: this. I, there isn't the same mechanical moving parts because on a tape machine, the big problem was always that the timing started to fall apart and yep. the. You know, sure and on record decks, the bands started stretching and it would. Yep. That kind of thing. That's an interesting story. I bet there is somebody out there who will ex- accept your money to carry out some sort of service <laughs> on a on these kind of hardware, but I don't know what it would do or not. I guess the other issue is, from a financial point of view, would you? I'm, I, I don't know how much... I'm sure somebody who's had a 2408 and it's worked for the last 10 years and they love it, it, probably has an affinity towards that, but I can't imagine that you... I can imagine servicing that kind of thing would probably be quite expensive because there's not a lot of it going on and when you compare that against a new piece of hardware, I suspect that you might go... Oh, new. The, the new hardware would be the cheapest option. It would be better value for money. You'd be brand new piece of hardware for probably not much more but it's an interesting yep. kind of it was just yep
1: anyway should we get back onto the um scripts of the, the the notes which are at wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk
2: i believe scott you had a third point on this oh yes the footnote
0: the footnote well the footnote to this is if you're wondering about the compatibility of other major players then you'll find some of the links available in the show notes okay so moving on um avid (laughs) have um have avid have a um have had a leaked a leaked preemptive release (laughs) from um which is currently on um which which the link we found is up on gears let's see (laughs) i'm sorry it's just oh for long time listeners you you'll understand why this is funny adam you can begin this article okay i I
1: might i might begin this the yeah well i I think i've got about to go now but sorry
0: the Fast Track C24. This is on um, Gearsluts.com. We've it's not. They're this, not released, is it um, not? Basically, it, there's been a leak of some new hardware from uh, Nova Music. Kind of yeah. put up some things for sale, which weren't for sale and haven't even been released yet. So, quick uh, quick screen grab was done, and, and so we can talk about them. Yep. A week ago, somebody asked the question. I've spotted this new thing around. What's it all about? And somebody
1: has answer, has proposed an answer to that. And so it appears that Avid will be having a new interface out,
2: which is called the Fast Track C600. And any of the
1: comments on that. Well, it looks like can-
2: a continuation of the uh, M Audio line rather than being like a, an old school Digi Design kind of product because well Fast Track that's the name of an old M Audio thing. Yeah. And it's going to come with Pro Tools SE.
0: And th- this I'm saying I-, I think this is quite interesting quite quite interesting actually. Um I'm, I'm not sure how you guys feel about M Audio. I remember M Audio from a long way back. Am I right in thinking they were independent and were bought by yes, Digi? Yes. Th- that's right. That's right, yeah. So in that Pre Digi Moment, I remember their hardware was really good. They did, there uh, was, am I right in thinking it's the MIDI Sports? Well, did, I think M Audio was originally called MIDI Man. Is this yep, the same company? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And yeah, they, yeah. they had really in all fact, yeah. sorts of.
1: Yep, in this room there is a MIDI Man USB. It's What's a it MIDI Sport, sport
0: 8x8S. That's what they were very well known for. I have a MIDI Sport 4x4 and it's an incredible piece of hardware. Yep,
2: little box, so. that one, yeah. But, but then when it came to audio, because I remember I had a uh, M Audio Firewire 410 which is a very odd box because it was wider than half U rack and higher than one U rack. Oh, we've just. talked
0: about the 410 before. And um,
2: <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I've heard that particular audio podcast, but it was a bit unreliable, shall we say. I've, I had lots of trouble with it.
0: But, so I, I think it's interesting that it seems that Avid might be starting to retire the M-Audio. And or maybe or like, this is the beginning of retirement of the M-Audio name. Because this is what you would expect to be an M-Audio product and it's an Avid product. That's true. But I think you'll find
2: that um, Avid have been, because of course it used to be um, DigiDesign, Avid were the video side. um, They're starting to unify all their brands. And it's the same with the Euphonics uh, controllers, which used to be Euphonics. But now they're the same thing. They're now black rather than silver. And you can, um, uh, but they're called Avid
0: um, products. And I think that's a good, that's probably a good idea for them to consolidate onto it. I also think the other thing is now that, now that kind of avid have kind of broken the association between you have to buy Pro Tools hardware to run Pro Tools software, I I think that's also you know it it makes sense for them to start to try and focus more about the you know to make the hardware more of a kind of standalone thing that you might consider purchasing. Yes, okay, in that sort of way because I know that. For a long time, the the opinion always was that you you know you you wanted pro tools and you had to buy the hardware that was available and as a, you know as a consequence your choices were limited and you tended to just have to take what was there. Whereas now they're in a different world and I think as a consequence we're going to see more stuff. And this looks like a cool interface. And, um, we're just looking at a screenshot here, but it looks like you're going to have a master. It's essentially they're small mixers with kind of sliders up on top of them. Um, you know, kind of in out I O on the front of them. Looks like headphone sock on the front. A big kind of rotary dial. Maybe that's going to plug into the uh, Navigation inside the software as well, and I think that's actually going to be a really, really exciting piece of hardware. Especially if you compare it against maybe the M boxes, which are on the way out. It's mm-hmm. This looks like a a, a much more a, a much n- better better piece of hardware. I think actually, from observation, it seems more suitable for the task.
1: And there's also the Fast Track C400, which is has less faders on top. But yeah, it's unusual to see faders on top of on boxes like this. There's lots of boxes this size with dials, and and large turny dials But yeah, faders is a Especially if they're going to be, soft, be able to link it up in the same sort of way that you can with Huey
2: devices and stuff like that.
0: Mm. If, if yeah, I not. think that's a great. I, I, you know, I actually really, I really like these. Yeah. I imagine the euphonics. Like that.
2: Some of the euphonics genes would have come through into this product as well.
0: Yeah, I suspect you'll be right about that. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice amalgamation. I, I think this is the kind of innovation which is going to see avid do do well in this in this kind of field again especially if you're in a small studio now if you're in a small studio you might want to think about your acoustics
1: which is the next story um uh, this is like this is becoming a weekly feature now
0: scott puts in an audio geek theme story he's <laughs> it's because i'll be honest i'm just loving their blog i think it's incredible i really enjoy <laughs> it. i really enjoy reading it oh it's great so 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 let, let let's let's you know let's just tell people it's there and they can go check it out Okay, yep. Oh, well, we can t- mention it, I guess. Well, we mentioned a little bit more. Well, it's called Fixing Small Studio Acoustic <laughs> Problems. And I think it's great that they go into detail about stuff. So they talk about, you know, why you would have something like a room mode or there might be some flutter echo in your recordings. They talk about why it might be there and then what to look for in terms of solving the problems and then ways of solving the, you know, methods to treat the problem as well. I I thought it was a really well written article. I, realized that. Okay. So I think,
1: yeah, I've come across... I think yeah I think it perhaps doesn't go into it goes into what the problems might be and how to fix them but I think it might be easy for people I think there's I think it's yeah worth stating how how lots of how little problems can accumulate into large problems when you're recording you might think that a recording sounds good but things like room like for certain frequencies coming across in your recordings louder is going to once you've recorded lots of tracks in the same room and then you are mixing in there as well. It, it can,
2: yeah, yeah. It oh, multiplies cool. on top of itself. Exactly. That kind of thing,
0: yeah. So, would you suggest it's um, if if you are in like a kind of home environment, is it a, a good idea to maybe record in one one space and then move to a different a different space, perhaps to mix? Do you mean to mix? Yeah, yeah. You think you take that approach?
1: Yeah, I think that's one that's one solution to it, or recording lots of different spaces, or. Or just sort out your acoustic problems, identify what they are and Well that's
0: one
2: thing. If you can pick up the problem earlier and if you record in the same space and mix in the same space and they multiply on top of each other, then maybe you might pick up that problem sooner because it's more obvious after after the mixing process. So maybe that could be it, it may not be a big disadvantage to go uh and mix in the same Places.
1: Well, I don't know. Let's, if, let's say that you're in a room that's got one particular frequency band which is extenuated for some reason. So you record in there and your recording has that frequency band boosted. And then when you're mixing in there, oh, yeah, so when you're mixing in there, it'll come out even louder again. again. So you might so cut you, it. make you cut it down, which might take it back to where it was originally. So actually, that could be a self cancelling problem, except that that doesn't account for.
0: Well, no, but if you then cut out that frequency, do that huge cut, and it's the room that's ex- you know that's boosting it. If you go, it's only when you go to another space and listen to it that you're going to hear the hole that you've created with the. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's mm-hmm. about
2: listening, and it's about finding another space to listen, and not another space to necessarily mix or record or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's good to have different spaces and different kinds of speaker to listen back to when you're um, going through the process
0: see I, I, I personally think that if you're recording that you can record at home nowadays b- very happily I, I, I think there's a lot of stuff you can do because if you if you're say listening on a pair of headphones and you're just what sound am I actually hearing now then you can you you essentially use the room and the characteristics of the room to give you the sound that you want and that's you know, you know that's fine. It's it's when you get to the post production point where you're wanting to, you're mixing down and mastering that you need a much you need the accuracy in the room to, to make sure that what you're going to offer people doesn't sound completely crazy in certain mm. opposite scenarios to what you've got.
2: Well, here's an idea: if you want to have a bit of fun whilst trying to find your room nodes, why not perform uh, a version of Alvin Lucier's "I Am Sitting in a Room," because that's actually. It's fun and it's uh, and it's a, a kind of a technical survey of your space. I yep. I think that's a great idea. I think we should probably put a link to Alvin Lucier's "I Am Sitting in a Room" on the uh, on the show notes because m- there yep. might be some listeners who don't know about that. Um, there was.
1: I'm not going to put a link. To, oh, maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't mention it unless I am. But. I'll mention it anyway. There was somebody who had access to a huge concrete space, something, some sort of like cooling tower or something. Oh, cool. And they had microphones set up in there, and you could email the, or send him a WAV, and he would play it in the space and send you back the, the your recording with this huge, huge reverb on it. That's amazing. That's pretty yep. cool. That's and kind somebody, of
2: like old school convolution.
1: As, yep, and I that came that was when I came across this it was as part of a story who had repeatedly sent back the same thing so every time he got the river back he sent it so that eventually he did I'm sitting in a room but in this enormous concrete hollow I can't remember what it was originally used for but yeah. Uh, That's cool. I'm not, well yeah. There we go something that I will not link to because I'm not going to find it. I'm going to we'll probably link to the Wikipedia um article for that. Good,
0: out. okay, fair enough. Cool. Should we move on to our next uh, our next item then? Yep. Um, now you you've probably picked up this from a whole load of places. The first people, as far as I'm aware, to run it was New York Times. So we've linked to the New York Times article. But it is the 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 next. Um, well, as if the Record Industry Association didn't have enough battles ongoing, it's uh, picked a new battleground to start with, and this time it's based over American law, which um, dictates that after a certain period of time the actual after 35 years the copyright of the material returns to the orig- to the originator of, of the material and um this point is almost up um the, the first the the law was adjusted in 78 so it's recordings from 78 that are going to be f- the first ones to be affected and that meet that's going to have things like the long run by the eagles some don summer stuffs going to be there and even um and, and a lot of other people catch up pretty clear, pretty quick after that. And saying Brian Adams, um, Bruce Springsteen, and Co. are all going to be, you know, are all going to be there. Billy Joel and stuff. And these people are starting. You you have to put in a claim for the rights to be returned to you two years before they sh- become available to be returned. And there's a time limit by which you have to do it. So it's kind of kicking off a new a, a new argument, really. And what's really interesting about this is it really is going to be the, rec- the recording industry against the artists because <laughs> it's essentially where the revenue goes after the copyright after this date expires this time limit is reached where the revenue goes next so there was a similar story in
1: discussion when the Elvis Presley stuff came out uh, came up to the same threshold except that now there's more famous names approaching it at the same but time no, it's a, it's a or different, it, threshold, it different threshold <laughs> remember
0: because okay. there, there is a p- there is a point where copyright ceases and it becomes public domain mm-hmm. but this is a point where the copyright hasn't ceased it's just that the ownership of the copyright can be trans- is to be transferred okay so the idea being that you do a recording for somebody, and they get the copyright, the ownership to it, for 35 years, and after 35 years, that ownership is transferred back to the the original. Can, I, can the originator. I just ask
2: um, that first owner? I suppose in many cases would be the record company, and it would be going back to the original artist. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, isn't there's lots of different. This, is, am- this in- is American law as well. It's oh, okay. important to mention this is American law, so it's not a. It's not. It's not British copyright it's American copyright here. Okay mm. so it's different because my knowledge of British copyright is that there is
1: lots of things. because you've got the copyright on the material and like the on like the lyrics and the music then there's also performing rights on the use of on on those things being performed and then there's mechanical copyrights which is reproductions of recordings of those things yeah. and they're all they're all interlinked but separate and you can have different people owning the different parts of it. And if you've got someone who's written a song for someone else, then obviously the person who wrote the song will own that part, while the person that recorded the song will own that part. Oh, it's also messy. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it is. Um, the The issue that's happening here is that there is a conversation about whether the, the the main the part that's being exploited because this law exists. Like, the, the law exists as it is, and the record labels are obviously desperate to. Keep control of this this sort of material because it's still selling very well. And as they're not selling very much, it, they don't really want to lose the stuff that is selling, so they want to keep it. And um, the argument that's happening is that you can. Th- they're claiming that if you're an employee of them, then you were working for them, which means the copyright was actually theirs originally anyway. Mm-hmm. And as an employee of them, they get they they're going to keep they get to keep the copyright forever if this thirty five year thing doesn't occur because it's not like you're an independent person; you were an employee of them. You see so for things like the mechanical copyrights and stuff like that they're saying well we were paying an engineer to do this job and he did that job but that means we were paying him to work for us and therefore what the output of his work is ours and hence this yep. is ours which in that sense makes sense what they what they were saying though and we talked about it when we talked about how to make a, was it how to make a million for no how to owe a million after a record deal remember yeah. when, we, when we talked about there we talked about a lot about how the american industry works and what they're saying is now that while the labels have always kind of run this idea that we give you a cash advance that you pay us back, what they're now saying is that actually you're an employee of us and therefore we don't have to return the return the, money, return the copyright back to you. So they're, they're trying to kind of play the game on both sides. So, And it's quite interesting. I'm saying obviously the cases will kind of simmer for the next two years or so until the moment where it happens, happens. And then I suspect somebody will pursue it in some way and it will see some tests in the court, I guess. For which inevitably where it will end up, for which artists in question probably won't have been thinking
1: about this very much, whereas the record companies that wrote up the contracts in the first place will have seen this
0: coming at the time, Yeah. well, not only that the the record companies already tried a preemptive step and they tried to redeclare copy to they tried to pass an amendment as a as a footnote to another piece of legislation oh, yeah. that was m- that I think was passed by one of the houses but not by the other house, so it only only just failed to make it sort of thing. I think it's, it's an interesting thing, though. It shows you just how kind of weird the whole kind of copyright issues are, maybe. And I think that's what I would say. I, I think there's a big case to look at other copywriting, other copyright options. And I'm glad that we've had involvement with CC Hits mm-hmm. and people like that, because I think that's a much more sensible way to get the copyright, to copyright, to manage copyright. And I think, you know, this is just another example of where copyright's going to make a complete mess of a uh, situation, because... The businesses, I don't deny the businesses need to earn money to operate and exist, and they do that by selling a product which people buy, and artists need to earn money to live, which is fair enough, but the cake isn't being divided up in a way that both parties can probably f- fully fully operate in the way they want to operate, because you know, there's loads of starving musicians out there, and there's loads of labels that are going bust, so there's obviously a major problem, and I think, I personally think that rather than picking these fights, they should start to think about what next because
2: well usually in these kinds of situations it's the lawyers that get the best out of it isn't it yes
0: i guess so. but we were talking about home recording i'm saying is maybe maybe the labels are just irrelevant now i'm saying do you just record at home master in some sort of facility elsewhere and then go from there maybe do you think that's a i guess so it's certainly an option which wasn't available even 15 years
1: ago even 10 years ago really well maybe 10 years ago but I mean, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean we've only had recorded sound for 100 years or so so it's all quite new in the consciousness and yeah, yeah. it's taken this long oh, it's taken to the last 6 or 7 years for the whole copyright thing to be a widely thought about thing so
0: yeah, yeah. creative commons may be the way to go well, we're talking about creative commons and home recording. Something that I bet everybody does in their home is listen to music. Mm-hmm. And the um, uh, BBC, BBC ran an interesting article on, um, on Click this week, which was talking about why you might spend a £1,000 on a pair of headphones. Have you ever spent a £1,000 on a pair of headphones? No. 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 My, my current headphones are a pair of 1970s vintage DD1s. It's the equivalent of basically strapping a speaker to each ear. They weigh a ton. It's quite <laughs> fatiguing on the head, actually.
2: Oh, I mean, I know these ones. They're, they're basically, they look like two huge white domes sticking out the side of your head.
0: It, uh, there are photos of me on, on various social media sites. They're very movies.
2: stylish. They are very Thank stylish. You really <laughs> really like
0: if you ever have the opportunity to Skype me in person and see me, then you will actually see me wearing said headphones. I will use them to Skype. So. I have
2: indeed seen this, just That's to let so. everybody out there know. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah i think with headphones i think it it does it makes sense to spend a little bit on headphones if you know you're going to need um a certain feature or you want comfort with good sound these kinds of things or you want uh extreme ruggedness um uh, did they say in the article which headphones are like over a thousand pounds um because i've never heard of that kind of expense for headphones.
0: I, I did. I, I don't remember reading somewhere in particular it was that much. So I do wonder if it's a bit of kind of, you know, editorial lining going a bit crazy. Well, there but is certainly th- it's true that you can see, you know, lots. You you can get a very high price, you know, stuff stuff like that. They talk about the kind of partnership deals that um I've forgotten their name. Uh, and well,
1: they say in the. I love the fact that these stories run. It's kind of they make a big story about the story, but actually, it's all just kind of like press releases from companies to raise awareness of their brands and so that you associate their brands with high quality. So maybe we so, shouldn't mention well, that. here. I'll skip one. I think the it's the stake in Beats Electronics, which are best known for high-end headphones.
2: Probably. Ah, now I saw something about Beats Electronics being purchased by was it a. A mobile oh phone no, this company. Is a, it's, it's correct, mobile yeah. Yeah. This is
0: this article. This is the article we're talking I about. Yeah. This 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 HTC. I see. Right, yeah, HTC. Uh, is
2: is the Beats headphone company the one that's run by Dr. Dre or has some association the, with the, Dr. Yeah, there's Dre? There is a partnership. I yes. Yeah. Yes. I I remember seeing them.
0: Those they look quite nice. Shall
2: we say? <laughs> well, it's interesting. I've never actually heard any. It's
0: interesting that they talk about the fact that um, the the Beats guys and HTC are now taking a controlling ownership in them um we're kind of saying that the associations with the names are incredibly valuable in terms of driving the revenue price up mm. because they're basically i think i think the suggestion was that there was a kind of 80 pound difference between the non-branded and a branded pair of head headphones which could be identical other than branding which mm. has the aesthetic looks and to be honest you know i've seen some of their headphones and they do look they do look cool as indicated by my choice of headphones, I really don't care what they look like. But you know, <laughs> yes. But you're not taking your would... huge headphones on the train or anything. No, no, no. Also. I use them at home. Well,
1: this so. brings the question: If you are on the train, what are you going to be listening to? You're listening to an MP3, in which case,
2: it's well, you can hear you the could... MP3 quality better. Hmm.
0: Well, what's also interesting, I would suggest to you, is that this is all about over, like what I, I'm trying to think, over the ear headphones. Let's call them over the ear So, like these are these are things that you're being put on top of your ears, rather than in ear in-ear kind of bud sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an important first step to know because the in-ear... I find the in-ear stuff is really uncomfortable to wear, but also it never... I don't really think it sounds particularly good. Now, I I haven't spent that this kind of quantity of money, but I did once kind of spend about 50 quid on a pair of in-ear headphones, and now, what, by I in-ear, gave them away. I just didn't uh, think they were comfortable. Well, they weren't comfortable. They are you talking about better.
2: ones that sit in your ear or the ones that go right into your the, 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 like, the, canal the, phones? The ones
0: that kind of go like right in which you would have received in the color white with a particular mp3 player
2: oh uh, yeah but uh those particular kinds of mp3 those ones actually just sit here on top of your ear
0: but the, i've got a pair um, adam could you just uh for the for the listeners could you just point it where that was again there Thank oh yeah some good pointing that yeah, you're i've out. got a I'm, very sensitive mic it so is, so should you be
2: able to hear my finger touching my ear turning in, his head in so right
1: that place. the so the ear is pointing at the akg mic. yes i'm, I'm now here. listening
2: to the mic it's it's quite ironic really
1: actually well i'm going to throw in while we're talking about ears and listening they um when when babies are born they give if, if you have the choice of a listening of an ear test where they put a special pair of headphones on them and it plays like a click in there and then it listens for the echo coming back out of your ear and if your ear is correctly formed then the sound coming out of your ear in reaction to the click is picked up and that indicates that your baby has healthy hearing unless mm-hmm. because these cheap Get it, they sometimes get it wrong and they said, oh we're going to have to do another check and they put the expensive ones going on oh it's fine cool, cool.
2: <laughs> but going back to going back to headphones okay sorry Um. yeah I've got a pair of Uh. I can't remember the brand now but they were I, I did my research they were fairly cheap I had to get them from America but they were fairly cheap They. Uh. but they're good sounding and they, they get, these ones go right in your ear and create a Uh. uh a, a kind of Um. I can't think of the word now but basically they, they don't let outside sound in through past um, the bud. Yeah. And with those, those can actually sound much better because you lower the volume of your MP3 player and it's not uh, hitting the amps, hit, hitting the limiters and sounding really horrible. But the, yeah. the uh, white buds, um, those don't work the same. You have to actually turn them up more in loud situations, which is why they don't maybe sound as, as good in those situations.
1: The last headphones I bought were ones that you're talking about, in-ear ones with the kind of rubber seal ah. over, which plugs into your ear canal. Now, I know these which, I
2: used to have a pair of those.
1: IP2, AKG IP2. Oh, which are, I didn't have a pair of those. They're, they're um, in-ear monitors, so I think they're marketed mostly for on-stage use, if you had um, like a
2: radio monitoring on yeah. Those look very similar to Sennheiser CX300s, which okay. I used to have. But but these have uh,
1: about minus about 20 dB on other sounds going in, so, you know, which if you're on stage in a loud situation means you can hear your mix over what's actually, mm. all what, the racket around you. But it also means if you're on the bus, you can turn down the sound of the bus and just listen to your music at a nice gentle volume without hurting yourself.
2: Well, uh, another, uh, following those kinds of headphones, I actually had the chance to try some Bose Comfort over-ear headphones. Oh, these are the
0: noise-cancelling. These are noise-cancelling uh, ones. And they were like
2: very, that. it was fascinating. So you kind of put them on and there's a switch on the uh, right-hand ear cup and with it off, it's just like you're wearing a normal set of over ear headphones. But when you switch it on, all of a sudden, bang, everything no, there's no bang. That's just uh That'd be awesome. That, that was I'm a sound an exclamation. Go in a, I'm
0: gonna go into quiet mode. Click.
2: Bang
1: <laughs> <laughs> And then your ear <laughs> natural compression kicks in and everything seems quiet. Just just
2: to just to let everyone know, that actually doesn't happen. That was just me exclaiming the the amazing kind of what happens. It makes everything sound like it's a lot further away. So everything in the recorded music? No, ev- no. this is yeah. without music playing. This is just having oh, okay. the headphones
0: on with nothing coming through. Oh. It, the, 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 well, this is just having the headphones on with their noise cancellation, isn't it?
2: Well, with it, with the noise cancellation off, it's just like normal headphones. When you switch the noise cancellation on, but not necessarily listening to anything, the surrounding sound sounds maybe, I don't know, 10 or 20 metres away. I mean, it's an incredible feeling, Mm. and it kind of makes you kind of feel a bit... It's really like the bubble of wearing headphones. It really kind of accentuates that. Um, And then when you listen to music, you can hear it a lot clearer. Um, I I wasn't so sure about the sound of their headphones. They sounded a bit weird to me, uh, but that might just be because I don't have a good taste in headphones.
0: (laughs) Well, it might be that because... Obviously, the noise cancellation isn't one hundred percent. As you said, you perceived it as this kind of like vacuum between you and the sounds, and this kind of oh yeah, stuff. it doesn't block everything out, yeah. but it really does and it, separate. And yourself I can from imagine it. that because I've I've heard a pair as well, and I, when it came on, I remember that I remember that kind of effect, and it felt a bit disconcerting. And after listening to the headphones just in in the shop, just trying them out, I I too had a I'm not really sure these are worth this price. You know, I wasn't mm. completely convinced, but when I'm thinking about it more, and as we're talking about it now, I wonder if it's just because of this unsettling, may, maybe this unsettling effect is still going on, and you have to just become used to the fact that the rest of the world seems a little bit further away in the oh, background, but it's still there. I, the I
2: very quickly, I didn't find it a problem. I didn't find that situation okay. a problem. I got used to that very quickly. Um, it was more just, it was more the actual tonal quality of the sound, which I wasn't quite sure about. Um,
0: well, like... I. I guess Bose is targeted. I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm just guessing here, as I said. But I, I guess that Bose is targeted traditionally. It's the high end commuter business stuff, and these these headphones were built for kind of flights. It was you yeah. Wear them on the plane and oh, definitely.
2: The, Bose are definitely a, a high end when it comes to com, uh, consumer sound. They're high end things like the Soundoc and these kinds of things cost a lot of money. Um, the quite and a it's about it sounding absolutely. good, yes,
0: rather than sounding accurate. Yes. Which I think is an important, there is a difference there, and that's maybe what you get between a consumer, I think consumer the problem focused I had, and professional focused device. Maybe the problem I had was imaging. The, the image didn't sound right
2: to me. There seemed okay. to be a bit of a null in the middle. I uh, just put my hands in front of the mic there to illustrate the
0: movement of air.
2: Um, but it's more the, the null inside your head, because when you're listening to headphones, of course, it sounds like it's coming from inside.
0: Well, I guess they are, they, they are doing a whole load of phasing, because... If my understanding is, cor- my un- as I understand the technology, they're basically doing a phase inversion to do a cancellation of the out outside sound. Yeah. In real time. Yeah. Yeah. And by and by doing that in the acoustic space, because they're pushing that out of the speaker, the headphone units are pushing that out. So you are going to get side effects inside the, you surely are going to get sound effects inside the audio. Hmm as you're listening what you're hearing you're going to hear sound effects of that happening
2: yeah i'm not sure if it's really perceivable sound effects as such but it's just
1: something when you the music you're listening to is then the music minus the outside instead of whereas usually you would have the you have the music coming through with the outside as well and then with these you've got Mm. the outside being taken away so what you're listening to in the music is the music minus what's outside
0: yep and there's going to be a lag between the It's great when we talk about technology without having been able to take it apart, so we've got to be careful, I guess. But I guess they're going to be doing an analysis of the incoming sound, and that's always going to lag behind the treatment of that sound, which means you are going to get points where there's a treatment which is doing the removal of a sound which is no longer there, which means it's no longer being removed, which means the treatment is now just. I think. No, I think. I think that such things would be. You know what I mean? I think that these things are quite advanced. Oh, no, I'm sure they're very. I'm sure this is like into the i'm I'm sure this is into the kind of like you know near instantaneous kind of time. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking it's like you know every minute they do this, or something <laughs> like. but I'm just thinking you know what I mean it's like I wonder whether that'd be i don't I, 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 I guess I guess what I'm saying is if I was going to spend a thousand pounds on a pair of headphones, I don't think I'd want to spend that on a pair of noise cancelling headphones, but that
2: said, those headphones are nowhere near a thousand pounds yeah they're they're a fraction of that price, so they're still expensive, but by normal means, I suppose normal standards. But they're not a thousand pound headphones.
0: I want to find some a thousand pound headphones. I'm just going to quickly do that if you guys want to just. I will. Something we need to stay on headphones.
2: this even. More? Okay. Well, the, well, what about the well, sociological
0: moment, impact of I'm this?
1: So we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but hold on, that's not really about audio, is it? <laughs> audio technology and technique. No, I guess it's not. I think we've
0: exhausted the audio we, technology. We, and we, technique. We, we should have put hard, this so. earlier on, and then we could have and gone we could on have and done. come back to it. Here we go, N gadget. Uh, 2010, I I have literally Google searched here and just grabbed the first hit because we were running out of there. Ultrasone Edition 10 headphones $2,749 of which there's only 2010 of them been made, I suspect.
2: That almost rivals the price of this uh, AKG C12 mic that I'm using. (laughs) Together, that would be £5,000. And and you see
1: to listen to an MP3 in between. This
0: article, (laughs) I, I will put this article in the show notes just in here, but for me, this is exactly where all these things end up. So it's basically a collection of boutique pieces of things that it's made out of. So, does it, anybody know what them is? is it's it, the external plating on the open back headphones. Is that like teak or something? I don't know. I really, I don't, I don't know anything about this at all. Polished with it. swan's blood. I wonder how much they are now. You know what? We're, we're done with this article. <laughs> I'm going to put it in the show notes. You can go check it out. We'd love your opinion. If anybody out there has spent a thousand pounds on a pair of headphones, then I'd be really interested in having hearing about it, actually, what your thoughts were. And I'm sure it was worthwhile. I don't think we're going to take the mic out of you because we went that week.
1: We have one item of plunder this week. Let's get this. this let's just move on. So that's the news. That's what's happened in the past week that we found and chosen to talk about, and is stuff, which is just on the internet anyway. And actually, this is quite new, but I don't know the exact name, date, exact dates that it was released. As recently being a new version of E-Annex, which is a graphical open-source software sequencer thing. So, have you seen this? I've I've been keeping an eye on this for the past couple of years, actually. Is so, that because it has spirals in it?
0: Um, yeah. Well, it's because...
1: <laughs> well, I suppose that's the shorthand for what I'm interested in, I suppose. Yeah.
0: The, the release was um, tw- 2006, 20, uh, 2011. So it's... Okay. June. Yep. Yeah. June was the last release. Linux, OSX, and Windows. So mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive for uh, full support. That's open source in action, I guess. So the it, it looks cool. It's based off the uh, Xenoxys stuff. So actually, it's a good... We're giving people lots of good listening recommendations here, actually, as well. Yep. You know, I'm um, Lucio. Now we're into... Sorry. Yeah, I mean
1: yeah, it's um, did a lot of stuff, with, I think it's k- taken from the Yupik thing of his but that's not what this is, this is sorry um, it's taken sequencing in a different manner, and so instead of having time going left to right and other stuff going up and down you can use the space in different ways
0: so it's kind of hard to describe, it's such a visual thing it's really cool I would I would go check this I would recommend people go check this out it's I've, I've had a little play with it it's kind of fun um, the the sequencer part of it it, it actually responds to us it, it responds and tr- transmits OSC so if you've got some other synthesis engine or something like that um, there's some examples of them working with processing then you can actually use this to trigger events in the mm-hmm. other languages it's a really interesting project um, it, it's open I'm, I'm right in thinking it's open source it is open source yes, it is? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it I thought, is I thought so yeah um, it's it's open source, but it's also... They've built in extensibility, so you can do some JavaScript. They takes JavaScript in there as well if you want to do stuff. So and you can script stuff in. And it help.
2: connects via uh, open sound control. Yeah. So that's very interesting for all of the uh, max heads, super collider heads. Does Chuck work with OSC? Yep. Yeah, it does, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yep. And they, they have a kind of a forward idea as well as to where they're going. So at the moment, it does... You can do video and audio stuff with it. You can also link it up to an Arduino, but they're planning on supporting other kind of controller hardware, mini controllers and stuff like that as well, pretty soon. So, I th- I thought it was a cool cool little thing actually. Yeah, which is nice. And as we we're away for two weeks or whatever, now this is a great thing to go play with. If you're, you know, sure. if you're like, what am I going to do with my time for <laughs> two weeks? Well, if you're in a place where you could play with something, why not play with something instead? Actually, that brings us on. No, I don't know if I'm. Is right. it I've, I've just. I th- yeah.
1: No, it's okay. I think I, I noticed something which was missing this week. But if I mention it, then it wouldn't be missing. It would be there because I've said that it's not there. So I won't say it's there. So it is missing. I wonder
0: if this is the same thing, though. Are you talking about kind of playing with something until the show starts back?
1: Maybe. I Maybe. don't know.
0: I'm going to mention it anyway. Okay. Just for fun. But th- this is. We're at the end of the show. Yes, essentially. Okay, so we're at the end of the show. Final <laughs> thing I'm going to quickly mention <laughs> is that uh, starting in September, there is the Creative Pact. Oh yes, on the first of September. So, a uh, creative pack is hosted by the Inclusive Improv, which I have some involvement with. By fluke, actually, yeah, we weren't going to mention this. All by fluke, we have the twenty ten convener, Adam Young. Hello. Woo! <laughs> is still here.
2: Though I, I say, actually, uh, I had very much help from uh, from Scott and Sam, and from others last year getting this uh, getting this running. But I can't really be part of it this year because i'm writing up my phd so that's okay um so i'm very thankful to scott and sam and to inclusive improv for hosting it and hopefully we'll get a much bigger turnout um and some really fantastic projects
0: so the idea of creative pact is you basically pledge to yourself with no penalty if you fail to do it at all so it's just for fun that you will do something creative every day of september and there's people from all sorts of walks of life doing stuff, photographers, writers, programmers, musicians do things. And you basically put it online. You, you have a blog and you just put the blog item up there. Um, and I would recommend to anybody listening to the show, get involved. Yeah. Do something, and it is such an incredible way to learn to learn something. Like if you do 30 minutes, in, even if you decide you're just going to, I don't know, remix a tune you've already recorded and do 30, well, 31 remixes of it over the course of September, I'm, I can guarantee you that you will know your door a lot better at the end of that session. And try and, and push yourself. That. Try and do things that maybe
2: you've you know you haven't done before with that piece of software or with that technique or whatever you're doing. Um, and just uh, regularly document it up on your blog. We'll link it to uh, the Creative Pack main website um, so everyone else can see. Uh, how everything's going, basically. And the the excuse that, oh, I
1: don't have time to do this, that or the other, it doesn't, doesn't count for this month because you'll, there's never time to do everything you
2: want to do. Exactly. So That's what the Creative Pact's for. It's to get you out of that complacency, out of saying, oh, I would learn Super Collider, but I don't have time. Well, this is the reason to do it. And you have a network of other people uh, doing the same thing, uh, trying to push forward their creativity. Uh, it's like a, a kind of means to do that, really. That's the idea. Cool. That's awesome. So thank you for mentioning that.
1: I that would have totally forgotten. Yep. And if you want to see some examples of what happened last year, then Creative Pact twenty ten. Stick that on Google and it'll pop up. And the and new sites as well. And it's on the show notes at wiki.theaudiopodcast.go.uk. Excellent. If you're listening on the page, don't uh, forget I, to subscribe.
2: I think we should <laughs> get subscribe. <laughs> I think we should get a Twitter account for Creative Pact as well. But uh, that's something we'll sort out later.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that brings us to the end of it. Uh, this, uh, th- this was um, episode 24, season one ends. It, season one does indeed end. We'd like to thank you for listening. Thank I'd you. would like to thank you for subscribing. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we 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 really do welcome any sort of comments and feedback you've got. Feel free to Twitter us, email us, deface the wiki, I guess, if you really are annoyed by us. But, well, if you deface it, we're just returning it back to how it was. So, it'd be <laughs> <laughs> you know, but anyway, if you wanted to, you could do, I guess. Um, we will be back September the the 5th the Monday fifth. Yep. Monday September the 5th we're going to we're moving to Monday just because of um a of commitments that the uh, on time production house has so it makes sense for us to move to Monday Um, you know what I'm going to I'm going to throw us in the defend here and oh, okay. we're we're, we're going to try and uh, kind of go try and offer some more live involvement with the shows as we make them yep okay that's part of the Monday. So if you stay tuned, we'll offer up a Google Hangout or a UStream or something like that link as well, and you can enjoy the show in real time and answer the questions and get involved. Because that'd be more fun. And yep. if
2: anyone wants to uh, get in touch with me, I'll give you guys uh, Scotts and Sam's mobile numbers so you can text them direct in the show. Nice. Yay! <laughs> <And>
0: <laughs> Our the, phones are off. Yeah, my every phone time is off, we do actually. a show, they're off. They they just don't answer. Ah, well then. My plan is scuppered. I think oh, it's a travesty. Google Hangout will have to be. Cool. Well, Adam, thank you very much for, uh, in a completely unplanned uh, way of guesting in. Great to, great to have you. Thank,
2: thank you for having me uh, today. I was literally just here half an hour before the start of the show, and they said, oh, uh,
0: do you want to come in and guest? I was like, yeah, yeah, all right.
2: That's cool.
0: cool. Sam, I've enjoyed our previous uh, 24 episodes of which i've been 22 of i think pretty much so it's been so, a pretty awesome yep. awesome record thank you very much for the season it's been <laughs> awesome i'm scott here and this is the end of season one of the, the audio, audio podcast,
2: podcast!